Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. We do have a lot of announcements for December, but I'm holding off on them for, for a second. So I don't want everyone confused. chapter 7 verse 1 to 5 it says judge not that ye be not judged for with what judgment ye judge shall be judged and with what measure ye meet it shall be measured to you again and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thy own eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. And thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. Verse 5 Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam. Let's pray once more. Director still here. Uh, let's pray again before we go to the word today. Jesus, hallelujah. We thank you uh, for your, your spirit, your presence that's here in Jesus. We thank you for your word today. God, I pray that you would uh, use both of these to speak to our hearts um, today, Jesus. I pray that you would uh, just have your way. Pray, God, show us if there's anything that we need to change, God. Pray, help us to get our priorities straight today. In Jesus' name, let your will be done in the rest of this service. God, we give everything over to you. We trust you. Continue to work, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you'd like. Um, and children, you are dismissed. Thanks, Ashley. Um... Well, a couple weeks ago, again, we, we started talking about um, priorities. In the teachings of Jesus, he gives us several things that he says, first you need to do these things, then you can do the other things. And with each uh, case, there's something that we, we do afterwards. And uh, so it's not, this thing's the most important, but this is what we need to do first. Make sure we get our priorities straight. So that's kind of the goal of what we're um, talking about, because as... Humans, which I think we all are, uh, our tendency is to do things the opposite of what God would do or would have us to do. And so we've talked about seeking the kingdom first, and then we can seek the other things that we need. And God's going to provide for those things. And last week we talked about um, reconciling with our brother first before we come to, to worship, before we come to bring our, our sacrifice. And... Um, you know, our natural order is to seek after stuff first. Make sure that we have all of the things that we need, and then we'll give to the kingdom, and then we'll try to work for God. But he says it's the opposite. And then, you know, our we like to ignore issues with our brothers and come to church and worship and sacrifice and all that stuff. Um, but he said make sure that you're right with each other before you do that. And, uh, and so... 
This has been some good stuff so far. This one's going to be just as good. And so um, when we start trying to follow the word and what Jesus has told us to live, doing certain things first before other things, it can create a conflict within us, between our flesh or our natural way of doing things and the spirit or God's way of doing things. And while we should want to and strive to do the things Jesus has told us to do in the order he's told us to do it, um, doing it daily can be a bit of a struggle, if we're being honest. And in the opening text we read, Jesus presents two important needs. One, removing a mote or a speck from someone else's eye. And two, removing a beam or a plank from our own eye. So where should we start? Naturally, for some reason, when we see the speck in our brother's eye, we get the sort of urgency, I gotta fix it. Um, Lucy had Nutella this morning for breakfast on her face. I don't know if there's anything on my face I didn't check. But I don't either. I, you need to get that off your face. You look ridiculous. I don't know how every time you eat, it ends up on your cheeks. I don't know. Why? <laughs> but our, you know, we see something in someone else, and we're like, I just gotta fix it. I just, I just gotta, I gotta help you. I gotta help you. You got something in your teeth there. I don't know what's in there in my teeth, but there's something in yours, and you gotta, you gotta fix it. And that's this seems to be what our our thing is. And you know, we don't see it, then oh, and then pull it a mirror, make sure that we're okay. We just, I gotta fix you, and so that's normally how we we do things. And the pro, there's no problem with with trying to, to help someone else. There's no problem with, hey kid, you got something on your face. Hey you, you got something in your teeth. Hey you, you got, you got something you need to fix. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with trying to help our brother or sister. We're supposed to do that. You know, if, if there was a problem with you know, correcting, helping each other, then most of the epistles wouldn't be written. Because that's what a lot of them are. Telling us how to live for Jesus and that sort of thing. And we're supposed to build each other up and we're supposed to help and we're supposed to encourage and strengthen each other. But first, Jesus says we need to remove the beam that's in our own eye because that affects how we see. And so this lesson or this passage um, from Jesus teaches us the importance of introspection or looking in. And for some of us, Usually for the introverts among us, this comes a little easier than others. And sometimes we spend too much time looking at ourselves and all the problems we have. And then we can't get out of that. But um, some others, it, it's harder. And, but we all need to take time and, and look in the mirror and see where we're at. James 1, 21 to 25 says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But... Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer, but who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So James says the word's like a, a mirror and we need to look in it. And see what we need to fix, need to adjust. And it's not enough just to hear it, but we need to do what it says. And so um, it does us all some good if we take some time and we examine ourselves. And this is what Jesus was getting at. So we're going to look at what he said here. Matthew 7 and 1. It says, Judge not 
that ye be not judged. Behold, the most out of context taken verse in the entire Bible. Whenever someone, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, whenever someone says this, you know, someone says something that we don't like, we say, hey, don't do that. Hey, that thing that you're doing is wrong. What do we say? How dare you? Oh, you're awake now. How dare you? Don't judge me. How dare you say that? You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. If, even if the Bible is clear about a thing, even if, you know, if, if we say a thing is wrong, that's judging. <laughs> Just walk out of the That's judging. How dare you wake me up? I was napping. Even people who know nothing about um, the Bible, they know this verse. Oh, the Bible's urgent, or supposed to judge. Every time you say this thing's a wrong thing, you know, correcting is not the same as judging, and that's where we're we're missing it. Correcting is not the same as judging. Judging in this context comes from the Greek word "credo," which means to distinguish, um, to decide mentally or judicially, to try or condemn or punish or avenge or conclude or damn or decree or determine or esteem. Lots of definitions here, but it's obvious from the rest of the passage that Jesus is telling us not to condemn or punish our brother or sister. It's also evident in his teachings and in the Bible in general that we have a responsibility to make godly um, biblical decisions, and we are allowed and we should be able to correct one another. The Bible says that's what the Bible's for. All scripture is given for what? Correction? Correction? Doctrine, all this stuff. We're supposed to be able to correct. Um, that's why it's here. We should be allowed to, and we should be able to, and we should be able to receive that from each other. Um, there should be a level of accountability among us. We should be able to, to do that. But this is the, the second thing. First, we need to make sure that we're right. And he's saying that we shouldn't condemn someone over a matter when an even greater one is affecting us. Because if we do, the same harshness that we're condemning them will uh, come back on us. Romans says it like this in Romans chapter 2. He says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself, but because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose... Oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God. He's saying, don't judge people for something that you're doing. Make sure that you're, you got to figure, you got to clear it up first. And so the Bible gives us a lot of instruction on judging, and we could spend the whole, the rest of the day talking about that and dealing with that, how to judge. It tells us when to judge, when not to judge, who to judge, who not to judge. It's a few things. We're not to judge anything before a proper time. We're not to take our brother to civil court over matters that could be settled within the church. We're not to judge according to how things appear. Um, we are to use righteous judgment. We do not have, we do have judgment in things pertaining to this life. We as a church are to judge those who are within. God judges those who are uh, without. We are inexcusable when we judge or condemn others for things we do ourselves. That's what we just read. We judge 
Um, we will judge the world and angels. First Corinthians 6. There's verses for all these. I just didn't tell you. We make ourselves a judge of our brethren in the law and violate the law when we speak evil of our brethren. And so these are a few things, and there's verses for that. I can give them to you after if you want. But Paul judged you know, cases within the church when members violated the word of God. Jesus gives the church authority to sit in judgment. He uh, told us to use righteous judgment in matters that we do judge, and uh, measures of judgment are given relative to spiritual gifts. Paul uh, also issued a, a judgment or decision regarding marriage. And so there's there's lots of cases in the Bible and where judgment is used. And so he's not saying what everyone's saying it means. But he's saying be, be careful when you're doing this because you have things that you need to deal with. You have things that you need to work out. And so <clears throat> what you give out, you're going to receive. And so just like with everything we talked about so far, Jesus gives us guidelines in order to do things. Um, in Luke's version of this, he says in Luke 6, 41 and 42, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam that is in thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull the mote that is in thy brother's eye. I'm having a hard time reading King James today. And Matthew again says, Judge not that you should be not judged. For what, for, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And that's the part that we miss. The judgment that you give, that's what you're going to get. And with what measure you meet, you shall be measured to you again. And beholdest, why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote of thine own eye, and behold the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thy own eye, and I shall see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. So the word mote here, um, it's not the thing around a castle, but it is. Uh, it comes from the Greek word karphos, which means uh, a small dry stalk or a twig, a bit of dried stick, tiny bit of straw or wood, so like sawdust, and it comes into your eye. Um, it's used metaphorically as a minor fault. And so this example... Um, someone, us, has a beam or a, a timber in his eye, which is ridiculous, just sticking out of your head. Um, and then and we see a, a moat or a speck, a little bit of sawdust in our brother's eye, and we feel like it's our God-given responsibility to move it. Just let me help you there, brother. Let me help you out with that little issue. Let me help you fix that. And we, we should all agree that a, a speck, and an eye should be removed, right? Yes. It's irritating. Uh, it needs to be removed. But it's pretty hard to do that. It's pretty hard to get a speck out of someone's eye if you have a big old beam sticking out of yours. Right? And now this is... <laughs> Jesus says that we should remove ours first. And then he says that, Then shalt thou see clearly the pull of moat that is in thy brother's eye. Because if I've got a big piece of timber, lumber, sticking out of my head, and I try to go and look in your eye, I'm going to do some damage. Because I can't see very well, for one, because i got this big old thing in my head, my eye. And because <laughs> this problem that I have is going to hit, it's going to affect you as well. 
It's going to do some damage to me. It's going to do some damage to you. Like getting a little... <laughs> it's like getting a little something in your eye and then asking your blind friend to, to get it out. It's not going to go well. You're going to also be blind in the end. <laughs> and the story, Jesus is in no means justifying that people have these specks, motes in their eyes or, or having what we call minor or insignificant flaws in their lives. He's not telling us not to help our brother or sister with, with their issues. He's not saying that because those things matter. Those things need to be taken out as well. They need to be cleared up. Those things still need to be removed. And having a, a speck in your eye is incredibly irritating. You ever get something in your eye and you don't know what it is? And you can't find it? And then you just rub it and rub it and it gets worse and worse? It's irritating. I don't know if anybody here wears contacts, but I used to quite often. And um, it seems like whenever I try to cross the border into the United States, they're always suspicious of me. Like, I look like, I don't know, someone who does things. I don't know. They're always suspicious of me. They always gave me a hard time until we had kids, and then they're like, ah, you can't be that bad. you got a child to go through. But before we had kids, every time, they would give me a hard time. And, and this one time, we were uh, still in Bible school. I would, Trisha and I weren't married. Um, we were dating. I don't know if we might have been engaged at the time. I'm not sure. Probably we were. Um, and we had gone to Maine with some friends. And we went Christmas shopping. I, think, I don't know if it was Black Friday or something like that. I don't think it was because I'm not that crazy. So it was, it was around then. But not, not Black Friday. And I had bought her a present, but she didn't know what it was. And so we're coming back through to, to Canada. Um, it's like 2 in the morning. I wore my contacts, and you're not supposed to wear them that long. And so there's something in my eye, and it's irritating, and it's, my eyes are bloodshot because I didn't bring the stuff to take them out. And it's 2 in the morning, and I'm tired. And the guy's asking me questions. And to him, I have bloodshot eyes. I'm slurring my words. There's something wrong with this guy. And he's like, what did you buy? And I'm like, oh, just some stuff. Because <laughs> I don't want to say what it is because she's sitting there. It's <laughs> like, so what did you, oh, I just got some Christmas presents. What presents? Just some things, man. Like, so I had to tell him. He kept pushing me. I had to tell him what it was. And they took me out of the car. Because <laughs> they thought I was high. I had to go inside and go through this whole thing. No searching, but just this big mess. All because something was in my eye. All because my eyes were red because I had something in her eye. And it's important. And oh, it was just every time. And they were like, what do you do for a job? Why does it matter? I do things. I don't know. Do you write this down? But every time, and so <laughs> I had something in my eye and it made my eye red and it irritated it. And then I think that's what tipped them off and then me not giving them the answer. <laughs> but it's important to have our eyes clean because it affects how people see us. It affects how we see 
You know, we rely on them more than we think. You don't really realize how much you need your eyes until you're having some issues. And you get something in your eye and everything's blurry and everything's, you know, irritated or your eyes swollen. You don't really realize how much you rely on them. We do more than we think. And, and there's nothing wrong with helping somebody else. It's helping someone out that has something in their eye. There's nothing wrong with removing a speck. We should, but first, we need to make sure that we check ourselves. Judge not that ye, should, that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, ye shall be judged. And what measure you meet, ye shall be measured to you again. Issuing a harsh judgment on someone who is less at fault than us only brings more judgment on us. We like to hold each other to a ridiculously high standards. And then we expect grace and mercy and forgiveness for ourselves. And this is the problem. We will alienate someone for something they've said or done years ago, but we'll complain if someone does that to us. We'll accuse people of being, the thing now is we accuse people of being toxic. We gotta, that's toxic, we're gonna get rid of them. And we'll remove them from our lives, but we won't make any changes in ourselves so that we aren't toxic. We're just as bad as they are, because we're all people. We'll expect children to have control over their emotions, but we'll get angry over everything. We'll fly off the handle. We'll expect someone who's been in church for five minutes to have everything all figured out, but we'll continue in stuff that we know we shouldn't. Hoping no one finds out. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying make sure that we've dealt with ourselves first. All we're going to do is cause more issues if we don't. We're going to hurt and we're going to destroy each other unless we look in the mirror and deal with me first. And if we're honest with ourselves in Jesus, we will find um, we are more patient with each other because I need forgiveness because I'm not perfect. So maybe I should go a little easier on someone else. But when we, we ignore that stuff, we ignore the flaws that we have and the issues we have, that's when we just become so harsh and critical and judgmental of everyone else. We'll often find ourselves being critical of everyone. It's a, it's a lot easier to look at the faults in everyone else than it is to address the ones in me. And again, Jesus is not justifying the little flaws because those matter too. The Bible talks often about little things. It says, all of us should lay aside every weight and sin that besets us. It says, we're not to offend or destroy others, even over the smallest things. It says, it takes only a little folly to destroy a reputation. Little foxes spoil the vine. A little amount of leaven can leaven the whole loaf. And a little fire can kindle the great matter in our tongue. A little member of the body can do much damage. The Bible talks often about little things. So it's not saying that the speck doesn't need to be removed. The small things matter and they need to be addressed, but it's completely foolish to ignore the big things in our lives and only focus on the little. After the beams have been removed, then we can deal with the moats. They all need to be dealt with because even small things become bigger. The speck in your eye can lead to an effect, infection which can lead to blindness or you get pulled over by the border patrol. And a big hassle because you got something in your eye. 
So both need to be dealt with, but we need, according to Jesus, to remove the beams first. The word beam comes from um, Greek word dakos, which means a, a stick of timber. So like, like the roof, these things. You know, you know what a beam is. It's uh, what they would use to hold up the house. <laughs> So, so he's using a literal object when he uses the word beam. It's a large piece of timber capable of bearing a load or holding up a building. Again, this is the, this is the opposite of way we the opposite of the way that we would do things. But he says first the beam needs to go. Someone said that in our human tendency, it's often to major on minors and minor on majors. We'll spend all our time focusing on little things. Well, this person's, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to go there. Well, their skirt was a little short. Or this was a little this, or that was a little that. All the while, we've got all kinds of stuff that we need to deal with. And we'll do that. We'll focus on the little, the little things instead of the major things that need to be addressed. We'll try to correct our brother or sister first. So we've got a big old piece of lumber sticking in our eye. Now I got this. This isn't a beam because I can't hold a beam with one hand. I'm not as strong as you guys. But like, just imagine like sticking in my eye. I can't even do this. Here, here, Wilma. You got something in your face there. <laughs> just gonna I'm gonna poke her eye out I'm gonna <laughs> give her a concussion I don't know what I'm gonna do it's gonna be a mess it's gonna hurt it's gonna damage you got this big old thing sticking out of your head <laughs> Jesus said in Luke he says you're a hypocrite cast out first the beam from your own eye and then you'll see clearly pull the moat that isn't thy brother's eye so before we try to correct every single little thing in someone else's life, we need to make sure that we don't have any beams blinding us. And we're just going to do all kinds of damage. Before we start pointing fingers, we need to look in the mirror. He says, first cast the beam out of your own eye. If you actually care about your brother or sister, if you actually want to help them, if you're actually concerned about them, and not just pointing it out to make yourself feel better. Oh, I'm not perfect, fine, but they got mistakes. They got issues. They're, they're, they've got moats and specks and all kinds of things going on. They got all sorts of things that they need to fix. You know, if our, if our care is actually for our brother or sister, we're going to remove the beam. Because if we don't, we're going to hurt them and we're going to damage them. People that are carrying around all kinds of things, they, they hurt people. Because they won't deal with the things that they've got going on. Right? What's this? Hurt people, hurt people is out of this. Like, we won't deal with what we've got. All we're going to do is hurt others. If we're actually concerned, we're going to remove the beam. Because if we don't, it's going to ruin both of us. So we need to stop ignoring the issues that we have. And this is all good and comfortable stuff, I know. Most folks, they don't like confrontation. And most folks don't want to admit when they're wrong. And we don't want to confront ourselves and admit when we're wrong. But this is what we need to do. 
for the good of the body, for the good of ourselves, and for the good of each other. And this isn't the only time Jesus teaches this sort of thing. He presents this idea a few times throughout the gospel in different ways. Matthew 23 and 24, he says that some are taking a drink, they'll drain out the they'll strain out the gnats and they'll swallow a camel. Also a ridiculous idea. He talks about um, the Pharisee, they could quickly see the tax collector's error while overlooking grievous sins in his own life in Luke 18. In Corinth, um, the church overlooked this corruption and they paid attention to other matters. The Pharisees were so concerned about washing their hands and doing the, the rituals and making sure their utensils were clean and all that, and they were ignoring the sins that defiled them inside. They washed the outside of the bowl, but not the inside, he says. Making sure it looks okay, but really inside it's dirty. If you could try the music, Cheryl. That means we're almost done. <clears throat> well, there are some things in the Bible that God points out that can lead us to becoming blind, spiritually. And it would be safe to say that these can be examples of beams in our eyes. Um, Peter says if we aren't adding certain things to our faith, we'll be blind. Second Peter 1, 5-9, he says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they help you become, uh, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whosoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. But he says we need to have these things in our lives or we're going to be blind. John tells us that hating our brother leads to blindness in 1 John 2, 9-11. to Whoso... Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Hatred for a brother leads to blindness. John writes in Revelation to the church of Laodicea that being complacent or lukewarm or relying on us and not on God leads us to being blind. He says in Revelation 3 and 15, or 17, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I have needed nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. And Jesus warns us that if we let any amount of evil or darkness in our eye, it will affect all of us. In Matthew 6, The light of the body is the eye, and therefore thine eye, if therefore that eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil... The whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. And we could spend all morning, all day, pointing out different things that can be classified as beams in our lives. We've all got things that we choose to ignore. That Jesus wants to remove. We've all got issues that we just let grow and grow and grow. We write them off and just say, that's just who I am. I'm just the guy with the beam in his eye. I'm just the guy with the chip on his shoulder. I'm just, I'm just angry because of this. I'm just bitter. I'm just, I'm just, that's just who I am. 
anger, bitterness, desires that we have, gossip, lust, greed, pride, whatever it is. There's a, I don't like listing off things because then we, well, I didn't list the one that I said that I deal with. You didn't list my beam, so I'm fine. I don't want to do that. But there's all sorts of these things that we, we have, and we just write it off, and that's just me. And so this morning, Jesus is inviting you to come to him to remove these things from our own eyes first, because they affect everything. They affect how we see each other. They affect how we live. You got this sticking out of your head. There's a lot of things you can't do. It's going to affect everything. It's going to hold you back. It's going to affect how we see each other, affect how we live. It's going to affect how we, it affects how we uh, um, interact with each other and how we get along with each other. It affects how we treat our family. We've got anger. We've got bitterness. We've got pride or greed or whatever. It affects all these things. How we treat our family, how we see the world. We've got these beams that we need to remove. And we do this by repenting, by acknowledging it to Jesus and prayer and asking for forgiveness and turning from it. And then we can help each other. And then we can build each other up. Then we can help, we can pray with each other and we can help them remove the, the things that they're dealing with. But first, we need to make sure that we're right. And so today, uh, I'm going to invite you to pray. You can come to the front and we can pray together. You can pray in your seat, whatever you want to do. But let's just, if at some point during this message or whatever it is that I've done, God's showing you something that you need to address. Let's bring that to him today. Let's, he's the master surgeon. He can remove that from our eyes. He can take that. And so let's do that. And then we can help each other. Then we can pray for each other. But first, let's cast the beams out of our own eyes. So let's just... This morning, let's pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.